Hello, and welcome to ADHD Essentials, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Mahan. I'm a former teacher and mental health clinician turned ADHD coach, trainer, and consultant. I can be reached at brendan at adhdessentials.com. Here at ADHD Essentials, we help families develop the skills and knowledge needed to better manage attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Visit ADHDessentials.com for more details. What's up, team? We made it. It is the end of 2020, a year that has challenged us in ways we never expected. And that's what today's episode is about. It's sort of a reflection back on 2020, the year that was, and kind of how I survived it and how I navigated it with my family, with my business, with tools and strategies and stuff that I kind of figured out as time went by. It's been a hard one. (laughs) But before we get into all of that, if you're not listening to ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers and Hacking Your ADHD with Will Kerb, I highly recommend that you do so. They are two phenomenal shows, part of the ADHD Rewired podcast network that I, of course, am a member of as well. We also have two more shows set to premiere very soon. Uh, For those of you who are like, there's too many men in that network, we have two women joining. MJ and Moira. Moira's already been on the show. MJ will be on soon. Their shows are phenomenal. We're looking at shows that explore the multicultural aspect of ADHD and how it affects more than just a white dude, I guess. Uh, And then Moira's show will be about sort of living and surviving and navigating, living a better life with ADHD. Uh, And we'll certainly have some focus on women as well. So we're getting a little more diverse. I'm pretty excited about it. In terms of 2020 and getting to 2021, very soon, January 18th. 2021, we will have the next round of ADHD Essentials online parent coaching groups. This year has been hard. It has brought challenges that none of us expected. And if you are struggling, if you are unsure of what to do next or how you're going to make it through the months that remain before we start to get to the end of this pandemic, the coaching groups can help. They've already been vetted, they've already been proven. This will be the fourth round of ADHD Essentials online parent coaching groups running during this pandemic. The biggest change I'm making is I'm pivoting the self-care week into week one because so many of us are just desperately need that. Um, So that's where we're starting. We're beginning with self-care. And from there, we will move forward into parenting as leadership, systems and structures, connection within the family and without communication within the family and without ADHD and anxiety and strong emotions, ADHD and the wall of awful. Uh, And of course, we'll wrap things up with questions because if we ask better questions, we get better solutions to our problems. And also because it's only eight weeks long. And although there's plenty of room within those eight weeks for you to ask questions, I like to devote that last week to fill in any gaps so if you're interested, go to ADHDessentials.com slash parentgroups for more information or email me at brendan at ADHDessentials.com to schedule a brief 20-minute informational phone call. 
The cost of the groups is $876. They can be broken up however you want, as long as I get the total by the end of the groups, I'm happy. Uh, typically, people go with 219 four times over the course of the groups if they elect to split it up, but not everyone does. So I would love to have you join, uh, and I would love to talk to you about what the groups look like. With that, we will roll into today's episode. It is not edited because uh, it's been a very long 2020. I'm a little exhausted. It's the holiday season, and honestly, I would rather spend the two or so hours it would take me to edit this episode with my kids than editing a podcast uh, and with my wife. So I'm going to do that. And I will apologize in advance for all of the ums and ahs and clicks and inhales and whatever other audio artifacts you notice. Whatever you pick up on in this episode, think about all the work that goes into getting rid of that stuff on most of them. All right, let's get rolling. So the 2020 year in review. Not exactly a small task given the twists and turns that this year took. So our year started off with some adventure. In February, my wife, the boys, my in-laws, uh, we all headed down to Florida to go to Disney World and then go on a Disney cruise, which was pretty cool, actually. It was pretty exciting and fun. The kids got a lot out of it. It was nice to go on vacation and spend some time together as a family and reconnect after the typical insanity that you have in a year that was 2019. Um, immediately after getting back from that trip to Disney World and the Disney Cruise, I hopped on a plane two or three days later and flew out to Reno, Nevada, because I spent the day volunteering at a maximum security prison in California by way of Jordan Harbinger, who is another podcaster. His show is much bigger than mine. It's amazing. I can't recommend highly enough that you listen to his show. Um, but I then spent a day out in Reno, another day out in California, met a whole lot of really cool people, including the folks who were inmates in the prison. Um, kind of a big deal life event that almost immediately got swallowed up by COVID-19 less than a month later. So in our case, March 13th, it was a Friday, was the day that our boys were told that they didn't have to go to school anymore, kind of, sort of. Um, so yeah, all of a sudden my kids are home. That following Monday, we had... Uh, that following Monday, I launched the online parent coaching groups for the spring of 2020. And that was a little surprising. All of a sudden, I've got these parent coaching groups with a very different challenge in front of me. I'm really proud to say that they were built in a way that allowed us to withstand that, allowed me to address the needs of shifting sands in early covid and give the parents I was working with the support and direction and ideas and thoughts that they needed. So I, I'm just honored that that was how things played out. It was pretty awesome to be able to do that for them. 
And then we got into the thick of COVID as we remain in the thick of COVID, although thankfully we have a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel with the vaccines being rolled out. So I thought that what I would do for this episode is talk about kind of what kept me sane during these months, what's kept my family sane during these months, and also what's been hard. A little bit of that too, because I don't want to be a Pollyanna, Captain Rose-colored glasses guy, because certainly things have been challenging. Um, Recognizing that some folks might bounce quick, I will start with the things that kept me sane, then we'll go into what kept the family sane. And if you don't want to listen to what was hard, you don't have to. So uh, here's what's kept me sane. Steal whatever thoughts and ideas may be useful for you. First off, a major component of what helped me get through this was knowing that I have an expertise in this. I recognize not everyone has that benefit. But I am a former camp counselor, I'm a former teacher, mental health clinician, I'm a parenting expert as referenced by this podcast and by the parent coaching groups that I run, and also I have a ton of experience with leadership. So rolling into this pandemic and all of a sudden the kids being home and all of the mental health challenges that have come up, I kind of had my feet under me for it and I anticipated it being a long haul. My idea being that if I expect it to last a long time and it only lasts a month, that's an easy shift. But if I expected it to only last a month and then it took a long time, that's a much harder shift. So I was planning for the long haul from the beginning and that worked to my benefit. I know that not everyone did that, but hopefully those of you who are listening to my show and listening to me babble about stuff, you took the long view. Another thing that is maybe unique to me is, uh, this kind of fit into my purpose a little bit, which is helping others. I, I'm a big fan of helping others and intentionally helping others during this time helped me. It, it, it really helped me stay balanced and stay grounded throughout all of this. So that's things like the parent coaching groups that I run. That's my one-on-one clients. That's this podcast. Continuing to get this podcast out week after week really gave me a waypoint. It gave me a thing to pay attention to, to focus on, to give me purpose. And that was really valuable for me. So I want to thank all of you in the audience for being there and listening. Um, And also trying to help out my friends and the people around me, family included, of course, to navigate this and, and, and kind of get through these challenging times. That support looked different depending on who it was. The coaching groups, the clients, that's pretty straightforward. The podcast too. With my friends, some of it was a text message or a phone call here or there. Some of it was running a D&D group to help my friends stay connected and and often help me stay connected. Some of it was connecting with people walking the dog or in our backyard for a few minutes. And, And those sorts of things really helped me feel like I could control something in all of the chaos that has been 2020. And that was helping others. Also, I can't say enough about the support of my wife through all of this. Um, it's been a big deal to to have such an amazing partner as I went through this 2020 and as my family went through this 2020. She's been balanced. She's been supportive. She's helped me um, 
get the support that I need and helped me recognize when I was needing the support and when I was getting overwhelmed and getting close to breaking. My wife has done a really good job of helping me with that. Um, and also sort of my wife has really good executive functions that, that maybe I don't surprising given that I have ADHD. So she kind of kept some of the day-to-day systematic stuff going. And I did too, of course, but, but she kind of covered dinner a lot of the time and she makes enough money that I can do this ADHD stuff. That's a little bit risky, especially during COVID her career is reliable and consistent and is the same amount of money all the time. And it's more than I make. So that economic side has also been huge and beneficial. Having her perspective on how the boys are doing and how things are going in general has been really useful because we all need that sounding board. Um, it's just been really helpful to to be married to her and to be going through this incredibly challenging time with her. I'm really proud to say that our relationship is navigating this in a way that is strength-based. And we will be coming out the other side of this with a stronger marital bond than we had before. And I recognize that not everyone can say that, uh, but but we can. So um, I just, I can't say enough about how amazing my wife is. And the same is true for my family, both my in-laws and my own extended family. When it comes to COVID, I've been much more careful than some of my family members and some friends as well. I'm literally the guy who paints six foot squares on his yard and his driveway when he has people coming over so that it's easy to see what six feet looks like and the kids can understand it. Um, I haven't touched anybody outside of my family, outside of my immediate family since March. Um, I probably haven't come within three or four feet of anybody outside of my immediate family since March. And mostly I haven't come within six or seven feet, but every now and then you walk past somebody and it's a little bit closer. And that would be why it would be in passing that I came that close. I've been much more careful and much more concerned about the spread of COVID. So I appreciate my family understanding that and doing their best to sort of support me and accommodate me on the rare occasions when we're in someone's backyard and sort of together as a group, which of course is not happening as much now that things are spiking even more. It's also helped to know my values and to be able to sort of live them and and lead with them. A lot of that is my family. I've been able, thankfully, been able to address the family first. A lot of that is privilege. A lot of that is my wife making enough money to be able to support us entirely on her salary if we needed it so that I can pivot away from focusing on the ADHD Essentials business and shift towards focusing on Nathan and Gavin, our kids, and and my wife and myself and that kind of stuff. Although maybe not myself as much. And another thing that's kept me sane is just taking action. Just like, oh, we need something to happen. I'll do that then. We need plans. We need adventure. We need something done. I'm the one kind of pushing us forward and driving myself and the whole family forward. And a lot of that grows out of my experience professionally, especially once I became an entrepreneur. But some of it is that ADHD drive too, right? Like, well, I want to do this. Let's go do that. Why don't we do that? So that's been really helpful. 
um, I, it sometimes gets frustrating for me to be honest, to watch my kids who might need to do something and they just don't, they're just sitting there on the couch watching TV and they need dad to say, guys, let's get up and go in the backyard. Let's go have a snowball fight. Why don't you text your friends and set up a sledding adventure? Do you want to go hike in the woods with this friend over here? That kind of stuff. It's hard for me that they're not so proactive in trying to get connection when they need it or adventure when they need it. But some of that too is that that's what I've been doing. So we're sort of, my wife and I working on stepping back a little bit and encouraging the boys to come up with these ideas so that eventually they're doing it on their own. Another thing that has kept me sane is self-forgiveness. I have been able to forgive myself for the mistakes that I've made. I've been able to forgive myself for the areas that I've struggled um, and that's been really beneficial. Self-awareness too, although I will admit that at the start that was not as good as it might have been. Even still, sometimes it's not as good because I have a very, no, 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 I'll be fine, we can do it approach and I'm not always fine and sometimes I need my wife to say, you're not fine. You don't have to be fine. It's okay. And I'll talk about that when I get to things that have been hard for me. Um, something else that's kept me sane is Kempo. It's been wonderful to have that reliable meeting almost every week. Uh, I can't say enough about that. After COVID shut everything down, Kempo went virtual for a little while. Then the numbers diminished. My sensei figured out how to do Kempo more safely. Now we're in a parking lot with not a lot of people. There's maybe six of us at the most. Um, and we, we practice Kempo and it's been, especially once we got to the parking lot and got to see each other in person again, seeing someone who I am not related to once or twice a week is wonderful. I can't, can't tell you how valuable it is for me to be able to spend some time with, with my sensei. Um, at least twice a week. It's just nice to see someone outside of the family because I see, especially my boys, all the time. And the boys come with me to Kempo most days, so they're still there. But even at that, one of the one of the greatest things about Kempo was uh, Tuesdays in the evenings, we'd go six o'clock would be their lesson. 6.30 was my lesson. Seven o'clock, we had a Boy Scout meeting. So Tuesday evenings were really busy. But one of the things that kind of filled my cup the most is Tuesdays they'd take their lesson and eventually I realized that I could send them away kind of during my lesson and so I just gave them some money and they would walk over to a local pizza joint and get a sub or chicken fingers or whatever and come back and they'd sit on the hood of my car or stand near the hood of my car using the hood as a table and just the two of them would eat dinner between Kempo and Boy Scouts and it was this really nice time of independence and a little bit of that romance of the evening kind of stuff was happening because it was dark out and they were walking the streets of Massachusetts and checking things out and that sort of thing. But it was nice to nice to be able to give them that opportunity for independence. And then another thing that's kept me sane, sort of, is Dungeons and Dragons. I play D&D with a couple of buddies of mine, three of them every month and having that time together has been good even on the days when it felt overwhelming to try to do it it was still once i got there and saw them and talked to them that was really helpful for me to get that connection 
as well as uh, some time with my kids, because I've also been running a D&D game for the boys, which brings me to things that have kept my family sane. And there's a lot to it. There's a lot of stuff that has kept us going. Some of it is spousal specialization, by which I mean my wife has stuff that she's really good at and she kind of takes point on. And I have stuff that I'm really good at and I kind of take point on. And that specialization and comfort with our roles is really valuable. My wife, for example, pays the bills because I've got ADHD and I'll mess that up. I tend to be surprised. Uh, I tend to be unsurprisingly the sort of ombudsman, right? Like I take the social emotional stuff and carry that weight and I focus on the kids. I've been homeschooling them for since school ended in March. Even when they were doing virtual stuff last year, I took over social studies and English eventually because it was just easier. I was like, I'm a licensed educator. I can, and these are my subjects. Let me do it. And the school was nice enough to let me because they didn't know what was happening anyway. So I took over those two subjects last year. And then this year I'm doing the entire curriculum for the year with them. And having that specialization is really valuable, in, including just my wife is a good cook and makes sure we're eating well for dinner because breakfast is pretty good. Lunch is thoroughly okay. Uh, we need one of those meals to be reliable and something that we can count on. Um and it's just been, it's been valuable to be able to do that, to know that I can rely on her for some stuff and to know that she can rely on me for some stuff. It's pretty potent. Um, and so too is our communication as a husband and a wife. And honestly, as a family, we have the hard conversations. We're regularly checking in on each other and seeing how are you doing? What do you need? What's going on? And not everyone does that. It's it's a really powerful thing for our family to be able to have those more intimate conversations. Another thing that kept us sane, uh, kind of especially Gavin needed this towards the late summer, I realized, is we go on an adventure about once a week. And by adventure, I mean we get out of the house and into nature because you can't really go inside at the moment. And so we've been camping, explored lots of local stuff in our area that's really cool. Um, there's like websites like only in your state and, 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 um, I'm not remembering Atlas Obscura. There's, there's lots of websites out there that will sort of talk about cool places that are somewhere near you potentially that you can use for an adventure. We discovered an old railway tunnel that had been abandoned and walking through it, like it was pitch black for 15 minutes or so walking through this, except for a tiny little light at the end that looks white. And as we got up closer to it, it's all of a sudden it turns green and it's like walking into the fairy realms. Like it was really, really cool as an experience. Um, and that's just one of the exciting adventures we've had. Lots of hiking. Um, every now and then we get to bring another family with us on a hike or to apple picking. I think I mentioned we went camping, me and the boys. My wife is not a fan of camping. But that those adventures have been pretty important to keep in a sane. And now that it's cold and we're hitting winter, that's harder to do. There's going to be a fair amount of skiing in our future, at least for the boys and I. Um, and also whatever else we could pull off. My wife wants to go snowshoeing, so we'll hopefully figure that out. Um, it's been it's been a, it's been pretty important to us to find adventure. So if that's something you're lacking or missing, I highly recommend doing some Google searches and finding out what you can do near you.
I mentioned this already, but my tendency to be proactive has helped with this, especially the adventure part. I just, I'm always trying to figure out what's next, what's going to come up in the future that we can do to keep us sane because it needs to happen. And, and it's the only thing that keeps us going <laughs> on a, on a lighter note, on a softer note. Another thing that's kept us rolling as a family is family TV shows. And these are just shows we watch as a group, all four of us. They're mainly positive shows. There's mainly hope and resilience as themes in these television shows or creativity. It's stuff that my kids get pretty passionate about. It's stuff my wife and I get really interested in. Exploring the lore and listening to podcasts that talk about them and all kinds of stuff. So some of those shows, in case you're looking for something, Kipo and the Age of Wonder Beasts is great. Uh, the Dragon Prince has also been a wonderful addition to our family stories. My Hero Academia is one that the boys and I discovered. And now my wife is watching it. So the boys and I are going through it again. And, and my wife is watching it with us. My Hero Academia factored prominently in a Christmas presents this year for the two of them, the two kids. We've been watching Making It, which is a show um, about people building things. So like sheds and front door decorations and that kind of stuff. It's about makers and crafters. The Good Place, uh, Lego Masters, which is Lego building, and Bob's Burgers. So a nice little mix of sort of sitcoms and cartoons and I guess that making it and Lego Masters are sort of reality shows, but it's more about the creativity of it for us. Another thing that has helped us kind of navigate all of this is subscription boxes. So... I ordered Kiwi crates for the boys, which are like building projects. They're mostly made out of wood. Um, we were doing some think outside boxes for a little while, which has things like fire starting kits and like lamps and tent repair gear and stuff like that. Um, binoculars, flashlights, things to help with camping and get, get your kid outside and play. Um, and another one called Hunt a Killer, where you sort of solve a fictionalized murder mystery. Those subscription boxes were great. I started ordering them right when COVID hit because I was like, we're going to be home for a little while. And then we were home for a long while and they were more valuable than I expected. Um, but that's another thing that I recommend. Those three in particular are pretty good. And and just being able to adapt to the reduced social time has been good and sort of change how we do social work. Um, one is just the power of Zoom. I already did that with my clients, so I was familiar with it. But watching everything from a WWE pay-per-view via Zoom to Zooming with my, my in-laws, we Zoom once a week. So we basically spent time in Florida and uh, my wife's cousin actually works at Disney. So we saw them and then came home and COVID hit. And we kind of just kept hanging out with them, which is nice because they live in Florida. We don't see them that much, but they're great. They're our age. They have kids our age. We get along really well. So it's nice to have been not just keep that relationship up, but really strengthen and deepen that relationship by way of these regular Zoom meetings. Um, Dungeons and Dragons, I mentioned. I play that with some friends. That shifted to Zoom and that pivot kept the game going and, and kept that from falling apart. So I was able to maintain those relationships. And also I had another Zoom game that I run uh, that is new 
that is with some friends from college who I haven't seen regularly in 20 years. I'm seeing them more often now because it's easier to do it with Zoom. And then also in terms of in-person stuff and adapting to limited social capacity, we used to have movies in our backyard where we would invite three, four families over at a time. Now it's one family when the weather's nice. We have sort of the wall, not really a wall, but like a like a really clear cut space in the middle in front of the screen that is six feet wide and don't cross that space. So one family's on one side, our family's on the other. We usually get some pizza for everybody. We hang out, we eat pizza, we watch a movie, we have a good conversation and it let us see people in person. It meant that we didn't see people like a whole lot all at one time because going through four families, if we could pull it off once a week, that's a whole month before you're going to see the next family again. And we were inviting over more than four families at a time. So some people we didn't see for two or two months or more, but it was still useful. And then my kids go on wanders with their friends where they just kind of walk up some streets and drift into the woods where there's a little bit of a gap and they can. And we just have to trust them that they're doing the social distancing, they're behaving safely. And and they are. The evidence being that we haven't gotten COVID yet. Um, So they must be doing something right. And so those sort of in-person things have been really powerful and useful. For Christmas Eve just passed, We had a Christmas Eve cookie swap in our driveway. I painted six foot squares on our driveway. Well, I used chalk. Um, And people came over. We had three families drift through and swap cookies in and out. So that, that was pretty powerful as well. It's just nice to see people in person, even if it's at a distance. Um, The homeschooling has kept us sane. The nightmare stories that I'm hearing from people who are trying to do virtual and hybrid learning and how challenging that is and overwhelming it is, particularly for those with more than one kid. Uh, I'm pretty glad that I have the skills and the training to to teach my kids from home and that I was able to make that decision. Um, and also games have helped us. So board games, video games, D&D. We play a fair amount of games in our house now, more than we used to as a result of COVID running around. I do want to kind of caveat some of this stuff. And I want to say that I recognize the privilege that sort of is hiding inside of this. I recognize that if we didn't have the economic leverage that we've got, a lot of the stuff would be more difficult. Um, We wouldn't be doing subscription boxes. We wouldn't be doing Zoom as much because I probably wouldn't have a Zoom account. I do professionally. Um, And that benefits me sort of personally as well. And me being able to teach my kids as a teacher, that's luck, but it's still a privilege. It's still um, benefits that not everyone has. So I don't want to sort of be a pie in the sky guy. I recognize in some of this stuff, we've been pretty lucky. And then speaking of not being a pie in the sky guy, here's the stuff that's been hard, right? It, it's been hard. A lot of this has been hard. And a lot of it is the stuff you'd expect, right? Regression on the side of our kids, stuff that they used to be really proactive about doing on their own. Now, all of a sudden they want help, including things that are simple, like peeling an apple. There was a time when the boys would peel their own apples. Suddenly I'm peeling apples. And even as an expert in parenting, I'm sometimes unsure, right? Do I make them peel the apple on their own this time? Or are they feeling emotionally drained and they're more likely to spiral if I force them to peel the apple? I'm always making those judgments and I don't know that I'm always making them correctly. 
but I'm doing my best. When I make the wrong judgment in terms of forcing them to peel the apple, I know if that's the mistake because it becomes obvious. But if the mistake is that I should not have peeled the apple and I should have had them do it, that's not as obvious. So um, I probably make the mistake in that direction more often than I should. And I'm working on it. That's all I can say. This is new territory for everybody. Um, but more stuff that you'd expect, right? The cabin fever, the isolation. We struggle with that just like everybody does. That's why we have those weekly adventures as much as possible. That's why I try to push my kids to go wander with their friends. And I try to set up cookie swaps for thank for Christmas Eve. And we did a side dish swap for Thanksgiving just to try to mix it up a little bit. Because as my kids have said on many occasions, every day feels the same, right? It, it feels like the same day over and over and over again. I know I lose track of days just because I have ADHD and it's much worse now. There's times when I get an email from someone, I look back at that and I'm like, holy cow, that email came a month ago? How did that happen? For real, that's occurred during the course of COVID. I don't have a good answer. It's just been a tricky thing to recognize how much time has gone by and how much time hasn't. Um, Also, some of the pressure from extended family with a different approach to COVID has been a challenge. And I want to honor that too, right? Like, when you've got one family that isn't taking COVID as seriously as you are, and they want you to come meet them somewhere in the middle between where you live and where they live, and they're looking for hugs or elbow bumps or whatever, and that's not something you're comfortable with, that's hard. And I'm the one having the strongest anxiety response to being close to people and elbow bumping people and all that kind of stuff. It's been really, really challenging. So, um, I sometimes feel like I'm the jerk and I should just get over it. And I sometimes feel like, how come they don't seem to recognize that I'm taking this seriously? I've been really clear about that. I've communicated it in words and non-verbally. It's just tricky and I don't have a good answer for how best to do it except to continue to communicate about those things as necessary and appropriate. Um, I honestly, going back to stuff that's been hard, I, I get exhausted about every month and a half to two months, I think, I'm tapped out because I am doing a lot of executive functioning work, much more than I've ever done in my life, trying to keep all of this stuff balanced and on point. And eventually I don't have any brain space left. And that has been a wicked, wicked knot to try to unravel. And I haven't been able to unravel it as well as I would like yet. I am all at once homeschooling my kids in four to five subjects every day. Uh, I am running this business, which means one-on-one clients, launching coaching groups, recording and editing and posting this podcast and sort of advertising and social media in this podcast, trying to get new interviews for this podcast and figuring out even what I want to have people talk about and who I want to have on. Emailing is killing me. <laughs> um it's exhausting. And and on top of that, it's the executive functioning of, okay, well, what's the adventure going to be this week or the adventure today? Or what family friends should we try to connect with? And how can I get my kids more social time and all of that stuff? Um, I run a weekly Dungeons and Dragons game for my kids, primarily to get them social ex- exposure. 
Uh, but that's executive functioning stuff. That's exhausting. And it wears on me after a month and a half, two months, I'm tapped out. And one of the thorns in all of that is when I start to get tapped, my wife can tell that I'm getting tapped and she's like, how can I help? But I don't have a good answer to that question yet because often in order for me to figure out what I need help with, I have to do a lot of executive functioning work and I just don't have the bandwidth anymore. So it's easier for me to just do the thing that needs to be done than it is for me to explain to her what needs to be done and then have her help, even though it would be really nice to have her help. And I'm not trying to like gatekeep her out of whatever's going on at home, but that's kind of what's happening because my wife goes to work and then she comes home. Um, and sometimes she comes home at like four or five o'clock, which is pretty typical, but every now and then she's home at like one and she's asking me what she can do to help. And I'm like, I can't tell you cause I am riding the line. And if I try to figure out what you can do to help me out with homeschool or whatever's going on, that process is going to cost me time and energy that I don't have. And I really hate that. And I need to figure out how to solve that. But that's, that's in here somewhere for me. And I suspect something like that is in here somewhere for, for a lot of you as well. Um, connected to that is that balancing of family priorities with my, my job. Uh, that's been challenging. I've again, privilege. I've been able to put the finger on family and lean towards that so that I'm supporting the kids. I'm kind of keeping us as sane as I can. Um, but every one of us has cracked at some point in the course of this more than once. And of course, I'm missing my friends. And of course, I'm worrying about my kids and wondering what this traumatic event is doing for them and doing to them. Uh, not to mention all the stuff that happened just in the country over the course of 2020 with racial tensions overloading and the election and all the stuff Trump's doing right now to try to stay in power when he's been voted out. Um, all of that stuff is also tricky and trying to process that with my wife process that with my wife, but also prevent my kids from overhearing and seeing whatever anxiety or tension we might be experiencing. That's tricky. We don't live in a very big house. It's hard to get space to just be with my wife and on our own. Um, and that's in there as well, is that not a lot of time with my wife, not a lot of time to myself. I basically spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week with my kids and have since roughly August. We got a couple of days where they went to my sister's house and she was in our bubble uh, prior to school starting. But my sister is a teacher, as you probably know. So once school started, she was out of the bubble. Um, and so not a lot of time alone with my wife, not a lot of time alone with myself. Mostly the kids are not necessarily in the same room as me, but on the same level because we live in a ranch. So they're right there somewhere. And one of the biggest areas of decline that I've experienced is my self-care. I, I've definitely gained the COVID-19, if not more weight than that. And I need to figure out how to get rid of it. Uh, I'm less fit than I used to be. I realized a month or two ago that I probably needed to go visit my doctor and like the dentist and get new eyeglasses and all this kind of stuff. Those daily maintenance or regular maintenance meetings with healthcare professionals that I have not been able to do because what am I going to do? Leave my kids home all day and I'm not going to bring them with me because why add that layer of risk? So uh, my wife took a day off and I met with my eye doctor and my general practitioner and got some stuff done and, and squared away. Um, 
but that's another tricky piece of COVID that I didn't even think about until all of a sudden. And luckily we were able to kind of crack some of that nut, but I still need to drop some poundage and eat better and all that stuff. But stress hits and I'm a comfort eater. So I need to drop some weight. And another challenging thing is that I am bad at asking for help. I'm bad at recognizing when I need help. I'm bad at asking for it when I do need it. As I've already mentioned, um, it's something I'm trying to get better at, but I'm not good at it. And some of it is feeling like I'm supposed to have it all together. Some of it is ADHD and messing stuff up so much that I feel like I'm not allowed to have problems and mess things up now that I finally have my act together. And there's a lot of wall of awful and shame built up and asking for help, especially when it's like family stuff. That's kind of my jam. So where I, and at meaning it's an area that I feel like I should be strong at and should be doing well in. I shouldn't need help with it, but I do because it's exhausting. Um, I'm trying to think of it like, yeah, you can carry a pail of milk across a field all day, but eventually if someone else can carry that pail for you. It'd be nice. And thinking of it that way, as opposed to like a lack of skills or not knowing what to do. Most of when I need help, it's just endurance stuff, but it's emotional and cognitive endurance rather than physical. And, uh, and then my biggest thing, the thing that is biting me the hardest is emailing and administrative tasks for my business. I have no doubt that there are people listening to this episode who emailed me forever ago and haven't heard back. And all I can do is apologize to you. It is, it's hard. I'm struggling with getting everything done. And like I said, the finger is on family in terms of the scale. I have not been doing enough to stay on top of basically potential clients and people who need help and, and coaching group folks and all that stuff. I have a lot of emails to send and I hope that I get to them in the next week or so because I have a week off from homeschooling. So I may as well spend it doing ADHD work. Uh, and with that, I hope the 2021 is nicer to all of us. Uh, I hope that you found some value in this or at least a little bit of connection and like me too sort of stuff. Um, I, I wish I had more answers than I do. I have some and I try to share them on this podcast. I certainly share them in the parent coaching groups and with my one-on-one clients and in my workshops. But uh, I hope that this show continues to be useful and helpful for you. I will not be editing this episode because done is better than perfect and I am tired. So with that, have a good day. Hey, you're still here. Nice. Thanks for staying focused all the way through. If you have any thoughts or questions about today's episode, feel free to email me at brendan at ADHDessentials.com. And don't forget to check out the website, ADHDessentials.com. And visit our Facebook community. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week. In the meantime, keep focusing on improvement over perfection. 10% better is all you need.